Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the AW Collision Preview. I'm Michael Hamford from What Culture and I'm joined by Scott Tailford from What Culture to discuss everything that could happen on Saturday's edition of Collision. But first, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only preview and review Collision, but also AW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0, pay-per-views, premium live events. We also hold wrestler interviews, roundtable discussions, and have a round for the week not for about a month, uh, as well as a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. Um, Beautiful. Scott, it's a joy to have you back. Mate, least, I love being here. Not least because I get to watch you giggle when I do that stupid <laughs> NXT 2.0. I knew that was coming. I knew there was an O thing in there yeah. somewhere, but I didn't know what it was. And I was like, I'll get it. And then I missed it. And then you did it. On one Close. hand, you're always welcome to join in. Thank you. But on the other, once you do, that's that like There's final. No getting out again. Well, yeah, that's your card carrying cult <laughs> status like achieve then. Um, speaking of cult status, like you are the cult hit of the <clears throat> AW media space. Yes. It's great to have you on these. Um, I tell you what, I, want, I genuinely want to say thank you to everybody who got in touch. Loads of people got in touch saying, like, great show, love having me on Dynamite and stuff. Incredible. I've never had that before. Thank you very, very much. Well, of course I did. You kick ass, right? <laughs> but before we get to Collision, and as a result of all of that, because, well, frankly, they've not given much to work with and we need to get to that middle no. so we can stick an advert in the middle. Like, <laughs> um, me and Phil sat down to review Dynamite in full, which you can still get wherever you get your podcast if you want to listen to the, the full review of uh, Wednesday's Dynamite. But what was great, and I want to, like, let people into your life a little bit, here. Yeah. You on uh, Dynamite Preview explained your like Dynamite viewing habits and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I love this because I said to you, well, look, like if you want to do the review, I know Phil won't mind. Like me and you can sit down and mm-hmm. do the review. And you gave me the best possible response. I can't review it on Thursday morning because me and my wife sit down to watch it together on yeah. Thursday night. And I love that as like <laughs> a sort of... Like as a, Evening viewing? Also, as a tired, married man, I can appreciate how, like, there's these things on different nights of the week that, like, <laughs> adjust those things you need to switch off to. And yeah. I love that for yours on a Thursday night, it's dynamite. Also, there's nothing on TV right now. There's no big <laughs> show, the Game of Thrones, there's nothing. So it's just like, AEW is, like, the weekly thing that oh, we love watching. Mate, get some kids and then the queue just becomes a mile long and things <laughs> don't get around to watching. Like, what I love is that, like, that's a totally different way we that, that mm. like and I can engage with dynamite like and even if I wasn't doing this for a living I know who I am and I know right. that I would be up early on a Thursday alarm set watching some of it maybe watching the rest on the commute to work it's like me with a game at midnight I want to be on there exactly. as soon as possible exactly that right often I'm sat there live at stupid o'clock with a bowl of cereal I like it would be that <laughs> even if I wasn't here talking about it but for you to be able to wait the day is a reminder that you are somehow not ensconced in our stupid little <laughs> bubble, so you're able to avoid Dodging results. spoilers on our shared What Culture Media Drive. Exactly, I'm yeah. going to put my hand over the screen when I'm scrolling down. But it also creates an extra 24 hours of anticipation in the week. Mm. So give us, if you can, and they don't have to be succinct, <laughs> give us your thoughts on whatever the frig Wednesday's Dynamite well, It was funny because like yesterday, obviously I knew you'd already seen it, so I just asked you, like, is it good or is it bad? And you were like, I'll not tell you because I'll just let you watch it. Yes. <laughs> watch the show. It was all halfway through. We had that horrible Omega segment that I was like, uh, what the living hell is this? Yeah. And then realising that, like, oh, the spoiler, the leak was true. It is going to be the six-man yeah. thing. That was one thing. The other one was the Jericho Osprey thing. Jesus Christ. That I was just like, oh my God. I, just, I sent you just a picture of, I think it was like Rachel and friends doing like a scrunched nose game. <laughs> yeah. Where I was just like, oh, it's a bit, oh, it's one of them, isn't it? 
And um, I realized, one, I never want to know wrestling spoilers ever again because it mm-hmm. just meant I don't know how I would have felt if I just got it not knowing in advance. Yeah. I still think it's flat. I still think the build is terrible. I still thought that before I saw Dynamite. But Dynamite itself obviously was very flat. It's not mm-hmm. helped by the fact that there are there were so many expectations for it. Mm-hmm. And we have the biggest you know show of all time in a week or so. But it was a very flat Dynamite. The the chainsaw match was horrible. Yeah. I kind of got what they were going for. It just reminded us of like a, I mean, it was a, a sponsored segment. They made a lot mm-hmm. of money. It's going to be given to Maui. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but at the same time it just it was so sponsored 101 on that right and i think this is important to note because we covered this off at the start of the dynamite mm. preview yesterday it's important to note the order of events here yes that was a co-promotion with a video game and after the fact they um said oh we're going to donate all the takings from this co-promotion to the maui thing yes awesome and we pointed out it's awesome mm-hmm. i don't think that was out there in the ether beforehand. Right. And um, that's not me speculating that, oh, they've, like, decided to do it after the fact. Maybe mm. this was the plan all along, and mm. that's great. But it was... I hated the Texas chair. I love Jeff Jarrett, and right. I hated that yeah. match. I hated it, right? It wasn't, it wasn't a match. Like, it wasn't a, It was just a weird skit. Well, it was neither funny. Yeah. It had neither action comedy nor drama. It had, had various, horror, like, really. No. Like, it's, all of that sort of stuff is subjective, and I understand people finding the life mm. in it. But I just... It, it was very important to me to be able to separate the two things and be like... This can simultaneously be like a wonderful gesture and lousy wrestling television. Yes. And I know that gets lost in, like, certainly it's hard to articulate that on mm. Twitter, for example, on X. But we've <laughs> got the gift of this time that we can share and talk yes. about. And, I, like, it was very important to me that I thought, like, I hope people understand that both of these things can be true. Yeah, of course. I want, I want the company to keep making nice gestures. Mm-hmm. But as a viewer, like, I really want to, like, oh, I, well, sorry, I want to be engaged by the product I'm yeah, entirely. Like, there was one of those things where, like, obviously, I don't know if you've seen the Texas Chainsaw movie. I think you have. The original. Yeah. Yeah, I've, like seen, you, I've not seen the remake yet. No, no. It's, I don't know who's, who's going there. But, like, the original <laughs> one, like, that whole thing, you could see what they were pulling from. You know, the specific scenes they're yeah. pulling from. Like, obviously, Leatherface came out towards the end. Mm-hmm. You could see exactly what it was. It felt like a bunch of boardroom people with a big whiteboard went, well, we'll, we'll, we'll bullet point what yeah. Texas Chainsaw is and we'll hit it with each different thing. I like the bit in Texas Chainsaw Massacre where they uh, put somebody through a table. <laughs> the bit when someone cowers in the corner and then the commentator says, what's this? Yeah. What's, what the hell is going on? I love Taz. Just I, I was like, did they, were they just not briefed at all on what parts of that were going to be? Because I love Taz being, what are we watching? What the hell was that? And then when it finished, he was like, well, that was something. And I was is, like, brilliant. There is an old school uh, edict, which I don't really agree with, because I think as a wrestling commentator, there are a lot of times you have to like jump through hoops mm. to benefit of the viewer. Mm-hmm. But I, I get it. Fundamentally, yeah. I get it. Jim Ross used to be amazing when he was calling uh, some of like some absolute trash in mm. WWE. He had, <laughs> he had these little phrases that were a wink to the people that like I cannot sacrifice my credibility. He would right. say things like "bowling shoe ugly" or like "well, a little more sizzle and steak in that one," <laughs> or uh, like they didn't get all of it or things like that. Right. And what that is a little reveal to those that want to know mm-hmm. is, I think this is crap. Right. Sorry. Go with us because good stuff is coming. You always yeah. kind of got that from, like, Excalibur does a lot of that. Most of them do. If something goes really wrong, it's like, oh, well, actually, he missed out intentionally yeah. because really he's thinking about doing this. Like, My big takeaway from Texas Chainsaw Massacre was that, like, they laid out a lot. Yeah. And a lot of it played out to no commentary. And it was like they didn't want to sacrifice their credibility mm. to, like, put something over My here. My thing as well is, like, and this is so stupid. It was like the rules, the kayfabe, the rules. Why did Jeff have an entrance and then go past the ring? Did he know that they would, like, why would he go uh, into the backstage? Like, I know to, it's To stupid. be attacked. Yeah, to be yeah. attacked. And yeah. he was like, he was like chanting hardy. I was like, but for <laughs> what? Like, and then he couldn't get through the doors. And I was just like, and I know that you're not supposed to, well, you are and you aren't supposed to think about it on that level, but it just didn't make sense. And I was just like, well, why didn't Jarrah get an entrance? I guess because he's jumping him and that wall whatever. of murder weapons. Yeah. And Jeff Hardy located a crutch. <laughs> and Jeff Jarrah had his guitar sat in the ring. I, that sort just of stuff. Both their careers at this point holding <laughs> on. Just, uh... If you think too much about it, your head explodes, man. But um, I want to look. I want to before we get to collision mm. because I think it is relevant. Um, on the collision local advertisement because this card is very small. Yes, they've said it's the last stop before all in because collision will be getting taped on Wednesday. So it's the last live collision. Last live one because yeah. obviously the roster will be in England by the time that mm-hmm. Saturday's goes out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is kind of like the last stop, and it's yeah. got the fight for the fall and branding and all of this kind of stuff. But last stop to all in, I think, is key to this because the conversation, as you may have been <laughs> sideways involved in, thanks yes. to coming in and helping us out this week, is that this build has been like a pretty big letdown. That's I'm not speaking on behalf of the whole fan base, and I've learned that the hard way this week. <laughs> but enough people have felt as if um, this build has come nowhere close to like what's befitting of the, the greatest wrestling show of all time, the biggest yeah. wrestling show of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's different discussions to be had on the. Sh- I think the show's going to rule on the night. I think I'm sure all, it'll be I think lovely. We're all going to have a blast. But we talked a little bit on Dynamite about how, like, it, it, part of it's both promotion yeah. and anticipation is that. Um, 
and that does bring me back to the Kenny Omega segment. Mm. And like one, to, one thing I want to just super quickly say, right, is like it's it's been fun. Obviously, I've been watching since Punk came back, which yeah. isn't that long in the grand scheme of things. But I guess it is in AEW terms. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you think about like when they brought in Saturday Night's Alright for fighting as the main theme song for their new show. Yeah, for me, it's that's a fine song, but it's not what I think of when I think of wrestling music. But right. it is what I think of when I think of like a fun sort of barroom brawl, and everyone sort of cheers it on from the sidelines, and it's just a fun fight for yeah. a bit. And we talk about it weeks later. It's like it's like Nickelback's version of going and getting drunk, and everyone fights at the end of the night. But they're all <laughs> friends, and they shake hands at the end of it. And wasn't that a really good night for fighting? And it's it's very Nickelback uh, in terms of. The, and I have no problem with Nickelback. I love that band, especially their old stuff. But whatever. Point being that that approach approach to fighting or that approach to like you know stage fighting or whatever feels like what the Wembley card is where it's like we'll all go down we'll all see our favorites we'll have a lovely nice time mm-hmm. um and is that enough and maybe it is enough for a mass audience and like it's not enough for the person who wants the story stakes and I think you can have both but they've obviously failed on the story side only the Cole and Jeff match has any real stakes to it or story stuff uh, to yeah. it obviously I would argue the Box double does. coffin match as well yeah like, I guess uh, so like Swerve and AR Fox rocking up at Nick Wayne's house and yeah there is like that, that. There is, yeah. yeah that's definitely a but not a lot else no I'm with you I'm with you. Just that kind of thing. And I was like, oh, I guess if you're Tony Khan, and obviously there is the reality of how it all came together, there are injuries to deal with and whatever else, um, do you just kind of go right down the middle or right down the the, direct, the direction of how do we make the most people have the most smiles on the most faces, book as many people as possible in the biggest match as possible, and do away with the idea that you should have done the reading beforehand and just do a big show? Mm-hmm. Because it, this is a huge show, but it's just quite, it's like the whole big as an ocean, um, deep as a puddle kind of thing. Yeah. And maybe that's fine, but it reminds me of choosing Saturday night. It's all right for fighting is the song where I was like, this is fine for my mum walking in the room watching a little bit of it. Not to insult my mum, yeah. but I just mean in terms of an average person. Shout out to Mr. Tilford. Shout out to <laughs> Big Mama Tilford. But at the same time, it doesn't have that feel that I guess, quote unquote, a wrestling fan might want. And yeah. I, I'm walking the line between both of those groups at this point. There was a line I saw, stay walking the line for Christ's sake. <laughs> there was a line I saw last week in response to, I think, some of my own personal criticisms of it. Right. And some, like, and I forget who this was on Twitter, and I'm not saying this to, to dig you out if you're listening, mm. but the phrase was, um, which I took from it, and uh, it's been with me all week, basically, right. so it was effective. Um, the event is the story. Um, right, yeah. A couple yeah. of reasons for that. Obviously, not only that it's Wembley, mm. and, you know, it's this historic UK show, and it's the biggest show ever, mm. but also because, obviously, you know, AW was not founded, but, like, all in in 2018, mm. that gathering of, the like, the independent scene with Tony Khan looking on and all of that sort of stuff. That's foundational to AW's very existence. Mm. So this idea that, like, five years later, look look at this, the kind of, here's, here's what you put in, the consequences mm. of your actions, mm. here's what you put in, and here's what you're getting out. I n- had never looked at All In as that. I right. looked at it as a canonical pay-per-view. Continuation and, of and, the... And yeah. the biggest they would ever do, right? Mm, same. So it, straight away, it's like, right, there is there is a, a section of the audience that are simply viewing this through that lens mm-hmm. rather than through the, the lens of massive payoffs, as you say. Cole and MJF for the belt, mm-hmm. stakes, circumstances. Like, I wanted to feel... Like, WrestleMania is... What it sells itself on is this idea, and it's it's bollocks, but it's, <laughs> it's a bollocks that we buy into, yes. right? That somehow this show that never ends, ever, mm-hmm. has an ending. Yeah. Rest, that's what WrestleMania does. And it's Season a lie. finale. Yeah, and it's yeah. a lie every single year because a bunch of matches go to backlash. Mm-hmm. Some finish, but even if, say, for example, the top babyface wins the belt on the, on the grandest stage, mm-hmm. they've still got to go to Raw tomorrow night. They've still got more opponents, like, but you get to pretend that this is like the end. The, champ- <laughs> the champion has risen and, oh my God, this is incredible. I can't yeah. believe it. And you get to pretend that you're leaving the cinema for the last time and it's not because you're back there. The very it's because you day. don't know what that next show is that gives that immediate yeah. thing the stakes. It's, it's very hard in wrestling to create the idea of finales and mm. yet WrestleMania has kind of faked it. How perfectly does that map to the fact that we have All Out immediately after All In? And how much does that neutralize the idea that All In is a big deal? We immediately know the next pay-per-view and one of the matches that's rumored for it with Omega Takeshita. Yeah, and, and that is like, uh, whether or not you call it a failure of mm. um, expectation management from AEW, just a frustration that yeah. they've lent on. So ultimately, right, here's it. They were going way off map, but I love this. And I think, <laughs> like, I think sort of with so little on collision at this point, All In is the conversation. So I hope yeah. that like... But I think they're fundamentally linked. Like I'm, I was going to say, it's another wider point is that for me, the last week, I, I counted the shows between now and Wembley, and it was eight at the, at the time that I yeah. counted it. And I was like, okay, in my like TV weekly brain or whatever, my casual wrestling brain, they have eight opportunities to fill up that card. And so at the minute, we still have like two sh- or three shows next week because Rampage, Dyn- Rampage Dynamite Collision. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still Rampage and stuff to come. So I'm like, okay, you still have slots to fill. Yeah. Um, and that's, in my head, I'm like, I don't know... Th- you know, how how likely that is. So I'm still hoping that there's still stuff that's cool stuff that's going to come, but Collision is a fundamental part of the 
of the the build and, and all in and everything. Like it's all kind of connected because it's a fundamental step to get there. Well, that's kind of, yeah, that helps me to make the point I was going to make, which was that Hobbs last week, and I was raging about <laughs> this, Hobbs called out Miro or called out a challenger right. for All Out. Yes. What the, yes. Hell, what the hell is a wrestler doing? And I would have loved to have seen that at All In. <laughs> well, it, right. And I, of course, agree with that, right? But psychologically, mm. what is any single wrestler on that roster not doing calling the shot for the biggest show ever? Mm-hmm. What the frig are you doing? <laughs> like, if this is all real, and that's how we're supposed to in, like, yeah. engage with this, if this is like real, Powerhouse Hobbs has looked at the biggest crowd he will ever work in front of. Mm-hmm. And I want to make this point right. This is not a Powerhouse Hobbs thing. This is the biggest crowd Sting and Chris Jericho have ever worked in front yeah. of. Like, that's what we're dealing with here, right? That's how big. Mm-hmm. The debate is not a debate. Biggest ever. <laughs> so few objective truths in wrestling ever. Yeah. Hit, and we're about to have one, right? Powerhouse Hobbs looks at that and thinks, nah, like 9,000 in Chicago is the night for me. Like, <laughs> I find that to be. And then, like, again, I, I whinged about this online and with some good faith mm. replies. One of them, like, or the, the, one of the tones was maybe he sees this as, like, an opportunity for him to, like, he considers himself, like, a B-plus player and he wants to, like, it's like, who should consider himself a bit that, that, that? No. What? Like, consider yourself the top star, even if we know that you're not, right? Well, the thing is, like, I, I imagine, I have to assume a level of uh, conversation that happens backstage between the entire roster and Tony Khan. I know he has his giant folding A6 bit of paper that becomes, yep. like, a sheet or whatever it is, and I have to assume there's a level of, pl- I have to assume a level of planning. Of course. I know that things have fallen through. We can see them, the injuries, like I said. Um, but you just have to assume that there's a conversation there. And I imagine that almost everybody steps forward and says, I want to be on that Wembley card. And maybe the only way to make that work is to do these big six-on-six, six, you know, 3v3 matches yeah. because then everyone gets to be in front of that crowd and makes their own history and everything else. And maybe Hobbs just doesn't cut it. Like, if you look at everyone who's been booked so far, um, is Hobbs on that level? Like, I, I guess I, to some degree, yeah. Well, he shouldn't think that. No, 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 no. The character shouldn't think that, even if we do. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and by the way, the answer typically for these things is Battle Royals, isn't it? Yeah, well, exactly. Like, Which is, like, I'm still hoping there's like a, a couple of tweets just sort of, okay, how would you fill up the all-in card at this point? You've mm-hmm. still got zero hour to fill out and you still have, there's like two, I don't know, three, four match slots left or whatever for the main yeah. card. Um, so could you do a women's Battle Royale or something? Just the idea of get, get the more women on there. I think that's the, uh, like, nice. uh, like you may as well subtitle it the Apology Battle Royal, because <laughs> I think the, the sheer fact that at this point we've got one, I would expect Chris Statlander to be defending the title as well, mm-hmm. but let's just assume that because they're doing a four-way for the world, they want to do a singles for the TBS, that's six women, mm-hmm. that's, that's unacceptable. <laughs> Realistically, for four years, this company has done such a bad job, mm-hmm. they hear, like a book in the women's division, that six women getting an opportunity on this show is unfortunately <laughs> about where the booking's been at. But the Battle Royal like, would welcome in so many more of these talents mm. that like they get one match and they disappear for six weeks. I'm going to do a bit, little bit of wish fulfillment just in case this happens to come true, and it won't. But what if Jimmy Hayter was one of those Battle Royale contenders? Runs in, does a one-armed slam, and then leaves again. Amazing. I'll like, take that. Wins it. One little clothesline. Yeah, like, that would <laughs> be incredible. Like, one little clothesline. I want certain wrestlers like her, like Pac, to get like a smile and wave. They've got to be there. Like, like, the, yeah, like the, there was a thing at SummerSlam 1992 where um, Rowdy Roddy Piper, who was like semi-retired at mm. this point, as a, as a like kind of seen as like a WWE legend from years gone by, mm. even though like earlier that year he was winning the Intercontinental title right. with a sudden disappearance of your Hogan's and the like, it was seen as like he's a bit of a relic, you know? Right, okay. And he played the bagpipes like at Wembley Stadium. <laughs> got this huge moment where like he plays the bagpipes. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, it's Roddy Piper. Yeah. And it, like that sort of stuff, because obviously he was Canadian, but presented as a, as a Scottish guy mm. character, as a, you know, as a British figurehead. He was there, and it meant something. And like, mm. I, w- I would welcome that sort of stuff. Yes, for so many of the like the roster members that through injury or through mm. whatever can only come out and smile and wave. Well, the one thing I was going to say before we were talking about like the you mentioned like the, obviously the amount of tickets that have been sold at an eighty k venue, whatever. Like, but there's also that thing when we were talking about like the way that it's booked, and do you try and satisfy the story side of things, the people who are following this week to week, or do you just try and do you know like when you talk to one of uh, the old generation and they talk about Big Daddy versus Giant Haystacks? Yeah, it's like the match, it's mm-hmm. the time. Am I going back like thirty whatever it is years? Yeah, um, that worked because it was so big and so casual and so mainstream and mm-hmm. whatever that it permutate, uh, permu- permutated permeated through and became this like big talking point for the rest of wrestling time. Yeah. Is that what he's just trying to do? Because the audience split is like, we mentioned it on the Dynamite preview, is like coming, people coming in from across Europe. There are like, mm-hmm. obviously there are more casual fans. Maybe there are people who are just buying a ticket because their friends got one and it's a big deal. So you just, you just shoot it right down the middle and just do big matches that people can enjoy regardless. Y- yes. It's boring, but it's one of those things of like a certain scale no, gets, but, to, gets to boring. No, but you've hit up on something here, Scott. And mm. I think one of the, if for us that are really in the weeds in all of this, that's actually been one of the biggest concerns about yeah. this card not maybe reaching its full potential. Mm. Like, and we'll only know that after it's taken place. But 
you mentioned so using Big Daddy and Haystacks to move on to SummerSlam '92. Mm-hmm. Daddy and Haystacks were products of uh, wrestling still being on at three o'clock in the afternoon mm-hmm. every Saturday in a where there were four channels to pick from, maybe yeah. even three to be honest. Mm-hmm. Channel Four was on United Eighty Two, so like you've got like three channels and it's a Saturday afternoon and you're going to get X million people watching mm-hmm. uh, wrestling for an hour, world of sport. Yes. And Daddy and Haystacks were these two. They were like two of the more cartoonish from the era, but people gravitated towards them. The cultural penetration of those two was enormous. Mm-hmm. And as you say, like older generations, like... Oh, that is so, what they reference if you bring if, wrestling. Oh, you're wrestling, right? <laughs> WWE, while domestic business in the United States was incredibly soft mm. in 1992, as soft as many of wrestlers' muscles all of a sudden when a certain substance wasn't as available <laughs> to them, Right. Came to the UK where it was enormous because it was experiencing like its second boom over mm. here that had a boom in 1990 and a second one in 1992 mm. and were able to sell 80,000 tickets for people that were desperate to see these figures off the television yeah. in person, right? Mm. So it stood to reason that like they would do well once in Wembley. Mm. But it being WWE, they didn't just do well once in Wembley. Like the merchandise figures, they were selling so much merch that they had to like have stuff flown over on jets the right. weekend of the show because they'd already sold out the stuff they brought for Wembley. <laughs> right. Like that created a generation of wrestling fans because mm. if you weren't at Wembley, you were back at school on Monday talking to your friends that were. If you weren't at Wembley, you were back in the office being like, you know what, that was pretty amazing. Which could and be like, the event as the show thing if enough things happen yeah. on the show regardless. David Boy Smith, of course, main event, but so did Brett the Hitman Hart. Mm. Brett the Hitman Hart was a better draw in Europe than he ever was in America. Right. Because, like, I was equate wrestling to cigarettes. Right? right. If you hook people young and you hook them deep, you hook <laughs> them forever. I know that's an unpleasant comparison. It could work. But, like... If you get them then, then there's a strong chance they'll be addicted to you for the rest of their life. <laughs> and I know wrestling fans anecdotally, and I've known over the years of being a wrestling fan and mm. enga- engaging with people. Well, I had a 20-year gap. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, And the same thing happened in the Attitude Era. Mm. Like, you have a chance to really, like, stick your fingernails deep into mm. people's veins, and then it's like, right, I'm, I'm with it now, and I'll, I'll just, I'll, even I'll be, a, I'll be a passing fan, mm. or I'll... I'll get wrestling. Yeah. And Wembley definitely, definitely had that effect. That was a footprint left for WWE mm. that was vital in some really lean years for the company in America, mm. right? Just the, the reason I mentioned that was just that idea. I know we mentioned before about the, like, is this the only way you can do it kind of thing? But just that idea of certain things get so big in entertainment that they become beige, they become boring, they become, for the average person, hence the MCU, yep. cite any major video game franchise, yes. whatever. Like, you know, they get so big, they want to satisfy that average consumer, so they dilute things down. Is this just a diluted card intentionally? And be, But it's meant to be because you're trying to get that wider audience. That was kind of just what I was getting no, at. No, but the, this is the point, right? Mm. So, AW, do they like they have the chance, I guess, to and and over the weekend it will feel this way. They will have a chance for for the first time ever, um, WWE not to be shorthand for wrestling. Mm. Wrestling is in town. Oh, is it WWE? No, actually, they're a second company called AW. Mm-hmm. I've had that conversation with people who I've told that I'm going to the show mm-hmm. that didn't even know the three letters existed. Same, and they might not go and follow that up, mm-hmm. but they'll know, yeah. right? And so that's the first big win for mm-hmm. AW here, mm-hmm. and that will have a certain run on effect. But obviously, all of this is speculation. Mm-hmm. But the nature of this card. If it is, as you, like, it's a perfect example, the beige thing. Mm. Are you going to appeal to all these people that will then go and watch the Saturday? Or is it, like, the following week on Dynamite, will they go and, like, I like this. I want to know more. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, Kenny Omega is a perfect example, right? Mm -hmm. And he's, of course, been the flashpoint because of the trios match. Kenny Omega having just the most jaw-dropping singles matches took me a person that had already been watching wrestling for 26 years Mm -hmm. in 2016 and, like, opened my eyes to New Japan Pro Wrestling mm. because of the strength and power and, like, audacity of his singles matches. Same, to be honest. Right? Mm-hmm. That's what Kenny Omega did. Mm-hmm. CM Punk, kind of iconoclastic style within WWE when he dropped the pipe bomb, mm-hmm. pulled many people towards WWE who really didn't buy in beyond Punk himself. Money no. in the Bank 2011 did not, like, get this buy rate that changed the world. Mm-hmm. Raw's ratings did not spike in a way that made them think, you know what, we're going to go with Punk forever. He's right. our next Rock. He's our next Austin. But they felt it for Punk. Mm-hmm. They bought the shirts. They wanted to see what he had to say. And then he was gone. Mm-hmm. Or WWE didn't change in his image or things like that. So WWE didn't capitalize in the way that maybe <clears throat> his style might have been able to bring these people. They came for him. Yes. And if anything, a lot of them went looking for Punk-like alternatives. Mm-hmm. So they went looking for Ring of Honor mm-hmm. or Impact or their own local scenes. Mm-hmm. The Brit Res Boom and the like. Mm-hmm. It was like, Where's the stuff that CM Punk made me feel? Because it's not on Raw. Well, and that's the like, thing. What, what exactly will the legacy of All In be if, for example, Kenny Omega gets five minutes at the end of a trios rather than 25 to 30 
being Kenny Omega and captivating a crowd. Omega and Brian is the big loss here. Yes. A lot of people just equate this to people wanting Omega Osprey. I'm not one of them. Right. Like, and I, I think there's an important distinction to be made here. Omega Osprey 3 would have been, obviously, the cap of the series. Mm-hmm. It would have been Omega versus the British guy. It would have felt enormous. Mm-hmm. Of course it would have been. But I, my personal feeling was Omega in a singles, working that magic, doing his dark arts for 25, 30 minutes. Mm. Maybe it's not for everyone. It certainly isn't beige. Right. But that's the thing that I think gets people deep. And that well, creates, the, it's like emotional investment. It's got to get you in your heart to really get you in your wallet long term. Yeah, 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 definitely. Like, and the beige is like, oh, that's pretty good, but I'll never think about it again for two years. But is is it, that is the gamble, right? Because like the amount of wrestlers he's going to be showcasing just in terms of they are in front of you doing moves, the amount yeah. of bodies that are going to go through Wembley just because of the size of all these matches combined, it's most of the roster at this point. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's still Sammy House of Black, whatever, to be confirmed and stuff. But like you have that many people, uh, that many wrestlers in front of that many people. Do you then just hope that by casting that many nets, you get enough people checking out the product going forward? And is it more of a business decision and a business card than bothering with setting up all of these stories to pay them off because you were never going to do that in the first place. Is that why it took this long and you're just doing this big of a thing because you're casting 50 fishing nets at once and hoping for the best? It is a strategy, isn't it? it what is, yeah, we're totally. describing here are very different strategies. Mm. And I'm just trying to think of, like I said on the Dynamite preview, what, what, how would Khan, if I'm Khan, if yeah. I'm Mr. Khan with my glasses on, running out after Cole and MJF, how would I approach this? And it's just like, if you're thinking about the future of your company, maybe the biggest event ever is actually your biggest opportunity to get the most casual people in ever mm-hmm. and double every future thing. Yeah. Still means that all out's more important than all in, which sucks, but still. <laughs> uh, well, it really sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> there, uh, as well, like, yeah, yeah, it's great chatting with you here because you have, maybe you do know, but you, <laughs> like, when you're talking through these things, uh-huh. You are stepping on so many um, like Twitter discourse landmines oh, really? that you've never had to engage with, right? No. You mentioned casual fans uh-huh. for years. That was this like bizarre bad faith discussion about like AW aren't doing enough for the casual fans, or right. like. And then it was like, well, does the casual fan really exist? Is does wrestling not have to like the the, uh, the kind of consensus? I think mm. became years after AW had made itself sustainable and had done enough to ensure that, like, another wrestling company can exist, mm-hmm. that there doesn't have to be a monopoly, that there can be a competitive marketplace in mm-hmm. North America. I think the consensus landed on, and this is certainly my take, stop trying to bring lapsed fans back, make new ones. Yes. Lapsed right. fans will always cast a glance, mm-hmm. but that glance might be fleeting. That investment may be brief. It's honestly the, the, the whole... Find new ones. Like, yes. the, I understand that you want to, like, a casual fan, I have plenty in my phone that might ask me what my plans are for the Royal Rumble or my plans are for mm-hmm. WrestleMania or who's doing what. Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch WrestleMania. And I just want to know a brief um, rundown of who I should be paying attention to. Right. That is the very definition of a casual fan. They ask me nothing about SummerSlam or Payback or the Survivor City. They don't mm-hmm. care, mm-hmm. right? They, they know what they're in for and they're gone. Mm-hmm. Is that money worth chasing? Or should you be like trying to find somebody who is nine, who goes, you've seen them on television, who goes to the show dresses Darby yes. Allen and you're like, you're getting yourself a lifer there. Yeah. They're, worth, they're worth double and then some. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the, I think that's the wider entertainment. If I do the entertainment lens, you can see it in movies. You can see it so much in gaming. Mm. Making so, I mean, the um, right now you'll not necessarily know, but the Suicide Squad game it was like announced. It's this big deal. There's so much money around it. It's largely going to bomb because they're chasing live service elements, or they were, which is like monetization. You know, every single day you're paying for cosmetics, you're paying for costumes, you're paying okay. for uh, weapons and whatever. You're being monetized every single day, rather than an initial price point getting you in and then playing for as long as you want. Um, that idea of live service games, for the most part, are geared towards the casual person who might play. One one game of Rocket League every few days or something like that. Thank you and for then, going for my... I was thinking yeah, something I you might know. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Rocket League's awesome. And yeah. Um, but the, yeah, trying to monetize that fan I mean, in a more casual way and then not realizing how much how predatory that is and how much money they're giving up because yeah. they're buying a car every few days mm-hmm. in-game um, and going down that route and the casual fan being the thing that at some point certain levels of business have to chase because of the amount of money they either want to make or the product cost in the first place that they need to recoup. Um, I wonder how much that maps across to uh, wrestling and how much that rap- map maps across to AEW. Um, it's obviously just variations of the things that we've said so far but um, like I said when I think of it that way it makes complete sense and it aligns with every other business magnate in every other medium right yeah. now Tony Khan's a guy with a background in data as well right yeah he's yeah looking, he's looking at these spreadsheets he mm-hmm. like I don't know how much um, demographically if he's aware of the the breakdown of like the families that are attending the show and like you said whether it can be as direct as saying we have this many children attending so we should do we're going to get these lifetime fans in yeah. because they then do a more casual card that they better the leave with a t-shirt follow. on the back yeah don't yeah, do yeah. like something that would be 
be on the level of when MJF was against Punk and you had all these different layers to that conversation. There are layers now to Cole and MJF thanks to Dynamite, mm-hmm. but like still make a casual card for the biggest casual audience and that's the best bet you could possibly do with this many people guaranteed to attend. Like that's the most boring thing you can do to me, but I get why he would do it. Like <laughs> I would not. rather have finales to every single story, but I would also need those stories to have been built for the last few months. It's And they just haven't been. It's very generous that you would give to me as a qualifier <laughs> because... You and I both. Well, I can't, I can't unilaterally say it's bo- it is boring, but no, I can but only like, say it's to me. But no, the, the thing is, like, you and I watch the same amount of All Elite Wrestling, mm. but I know we obviously engage in it differently. Like, and wrestling is one of your things. It's not your yeah. thing. Wrestling is my mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows in their lives what their <laughs> thing is versus what their number two, their three, mm-hmm. their four, in terms of your hobbies and interests and your spends. Yes. Um, I think that's interesting for you to say that. It's boring to me mm-hmm. because what you're doing there is you're kind of, uh, announcing yourself as somebody above your sort of standard common or garden casual fan. Potentially. Right? It depends what they're going for. I, a, I, yeah. AW was kind of founded, not founded, but the groundswell of support that was always going to back AEW mm-hmm. from the very beginning was a our age millennial hardcore wrestling fan. Right. That became its like safety net audience. Mm-hmm. Us. It's us. Mm-hmm. Like they're either like you got back into it through CM Punk. Mm-hmm. I was going to watch regardless, mm-hmm. but they have they know that like when they got going in 2019, that they were going to make a product that, like, wrestling fans that were just kind of stuck with WWE mm-hmm. rather than loved it mm-hmm. were going to be serviced by this product. I was, my perspective is entirely based around what I mentioned on... I've mentioned it every time I've been on here, which is viewing it as a TV show, viewing yeah. it as a, as a long-form storytelling device with incredible acrobatics and athleticism mm-hmm. and, and uh, stage fighting, or whatever hell you want to call it, um, at the heart of it. But I need to care about why everyone's fighting in the first place. So it, it's just that. It's just that idea of, like, that's what that's my perfect version of AEW is when there's reasons to care about every single match on a narrative level. And I love that MGF and Punk like, have those extra layers to their matches and yes. um, i'm just saying that that's not clearly not intentional for all in and mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason whether it's injuries or whether it was always the plan or whatever this is not a season finale type thing no. this is a go down with your parents go down with your family have a lovely time at the resting on the weekend and won't you remember that for the rest of your life if, and, if they pull it off and if it really gets under your skin you might yeah. buy it all out the following week i mean We're i'm gonna, gonna get a bunch of shirts so it's gonna, okay. it's gonna they're gonna get me with that i hope you do because yeah. aw's merch is oh, i almost tweeted you the other day saying i'm gonna get, get, some, get there early and join a long queue based I, that's on my the experience thing. with these things get there hours early. Yeah, I almost tweeted the other day saying I'm going to get a bunch of Hangman Page action figures just in, in Punk's little face. But <laughs> but I didn't do it. I thought only four people were going to get that it's reference. not peg warmer in Newcastle, Punk. <laughs> I'll make sure he's not. On uh, j- look, look, I'd love to sit with you and basically go through segment by segment Dynamite. Yeah. We haven't even talked about Collision. We'll get there. I promise you we'll get there. But I have to highlight one specific segment and you've already brought it up, right? Please do. Me and Phil like just... Scratched our heads so much that we like basically opened up a hole and then just started scratching our brains directly. And we still couldn't make head and tail of this Chris Jericho, Don Callis nonsense. But I saw, we'll not do that anymore and like have our listeners like crashing their cars. By all means, right? Imagine you're on the Dynamite Review right now, Mm -hmm. but we're only going to isolate one little section of the show. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Talk me through, in as much or as little detail as you want, your <laughs> thoughts on 
the Omega Callus stuff through to Hangman Page stood at the, in inverted commas, hospital. Because I know you're a Hangman Page guy. Uh, Hangman's my favourite. Him and Kingston. You've already kind of mentioned the Kenny rumours that you were then suddenly aware of because we discussed them. Yes. Thought, I, I mean, look, thoughts, I, like brackets general. I thought Jericho stole Kenny's thunder because, like, you have this like nuclear heat around Callis, and I love how much they boo him. I don't know how much they're turning the mics up on the crowd when Callis is out, or yeah. everyone is just that loud. But because either way, Callis plays it really well, where he sort of can't get a word out, and he's mm-hmm. like fighting the the amount of boos coming his way. They changed his entrance music to be that weird sort of dissonant, note. Oh, awful it's noise. Yeah. Jungle Boy's new thing, and um, I like yeah. I like that whole approach. So like, I was like, you've got this incredible heel. He's perfect. I love Callis. I think mm-hmm. he's, he's really good at what he does. And I think he's awesome. Um, so I loved him being like just evil AF, like it's great, and just sort of hated and everything. And then Jericho is the one who gets to like slap him and have the you know have the little sort of feedback bit with him and everything. Yeah. And it's not the only time Kenny versus Callis has been a thing, other than him on the outside of the ring, was that that JR segment. And it still wasn't Kenny just going for him or having a one on one or addressing it or whatever. It's been weeks at this point um, since the blood and guts thing. And so for me, I was like, why is Jericho the guy that's doing what I want Omega to do in terms of facing off against Callis? That was mm. my first immediate thought. Was why did they get to have a one-on-one. I have a real-life answer for that, but I don't have a kayfabe Right, one. okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> so it's just like, that was my yeah. thing as like someone who's watching the storyline, wanting wanting my the character that I'm following, Kenny, to address the, the insane thing that's happened. His mentor, his friend, whatever's betrayed him. How do you not immediately address that the week after? Yeah. You barely do. Um, and then, yeah, all the stuff, there's all the weird, like you said, the logic side of it barely makes any sense. And then bringing Osprey and stuff in or whatever. Um, I, I, I mean, it fundamentally doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It feels really rushed. Osprey, I feel like when he came in, I love Osprey. Um, barely got a reaction from the crowd because I felt like everybody was just like, yeah, okay, I, I yeah. guess you're here. I would have completely forgot about the sort of vague alliance between Osprey and Callus or whatever from, was it Blood and Guts or whatever? Forbidden Door. Forbidden Door? Yeah. Um, unless you'd mentioned it the other week. I completely blanked that. And uh, I think one of the commentators mentioned it, that like they sort of crossed paths or something yeah. before. But like... Just imagine Excalibur. Keep up, Scott! Like <laughs> hey, casuals! Yeah. And um, yeah, just, just a weird segment all around. I don't know why you made the painting, but I know that's part of what you would have already covered. No, like, that it just it's... Oh, sorry, one other thing was I did say on the Dynamite preview that I really wanted Jericho to go solo. And I hope this is him. Because when he was like, oh, I start factions, I thought he was going to just deck Callus right there. But he didn't. He sort of like fake joined him. Yeah. And then I like the idea of um, ostensibly broken Chris Jericho, where he just does all the different versions of himself, like what Matt did for a bit. Okay. And I just, I want Jericho, I guess on the preview, I want Jericho to break away from everything, realize he can't trust in the Appreciation Society or Callus's family and do a solo run for a bit. And like he said, he needs to get back to himself, realize who he is, whatever. He wants to win the world title again, doesn't he? Yeah, he really wants to. He shouldn't do that. No. <laughs> no. Keep, keep that away from him. Nobody's asking Give that. it to Hangman. But, um, but still, I think, like, yeah, you do the rotational version of Jericho. Yeah, that has the Lionheart, the Painmaker, the regular version, whatever. The purple jacket appreciation version. Do whatever you want. But uh, have need, him be solo for a bit. I need to know. Go on. House Tilford. Yes. You and your better half. House of Tilford. <laughs> How were you both reacting? Like, earnestly, you're watching yeah. it for the first time, to A... This ostensibly quite violent beatdown of Kenny Omega, yeah, that was played like a sort of pantomime Punch and Judy show. <laughs> and as a sort of second question to that, yeah. the most bizarre cutaways to Jim Ross's reaction shots as this was going on. They're already being memed. I love putting JR's face next to other. I saw like there was like some music video where he's just on the side like reacting to the music video. <laughs> yeah. That thing already threw me right off because obviously when we did the preview and just in general across the last week, people have been looking forward to that sit down with Omega. A lot of people pinning their entire card hopes, wish list hopes on that interview. Please don't be a six man. Please, Please yeah, 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 just yeah. anything other than that. Yeah. Um, but the thing that threw me off when that segment started was the unbelievable amount of cutaways and edits for just what Kenny was saying. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll always notice that as someone who, like, studied film for years, whatever, does a lot of, like, has done editing in the past and does a lot of presenting and everything else. Super aware of when someone has done a take that you've had to cut down a lot. Yeah. There were so many cuts in just what Kenny said. I was like, just let the guy talk. Let Just have that shot of JR and him and just talk through it. I don't know mm-hmm. why you had to cut down the whole thing. It just felt rushed. It gave it a weird pace where it was like, we need to get through this as if it's like, we're not here for this. Like, everyone is clearly here for this. Yeah. Um, so that threw me right off. I was like, why are you rushing through this so much? Um, so that was like a weird beat. And then, yeah, when he got attacked, I was like, it's just again, it's one of those rule things that we, when we mentioned Hardy, it's just like, Jail's right there. He's just off screen watching this. Like, is he distraught? <laughs> I mean, what's going on? And when you cut to him, he was just sort of, he just looked like his dog had gone on the carpet or something. It was very, very little reactions. Oh, oh, I guess that's happening again. Yeah. It was so flat. Like, just, it was it's so flat. It? Flat, is, flat is right. Yeah, um, I learned that it was like... 
convincing enough hit of a two by four to the back of Kenny, but I'm also like, don't actually injure him though, because he does need to, <laughs> to do stuff. Um, but yeah, my main feeling other than the editing side of it was like realizing that the rumor was true, that it is mm. going to be like, oh, Bullet Club are here. Oh my God, they are going to do the, the three, three, three. And then Hangman confirming it. Like you said, he so was not outside a hospital. No. I care on a personal level that he's drinking again. What's he doing? I mean, doing? mad into that. Huge I don't, that. I mean, I guess so, but CM I, Punk is a straight edge world champion on, on the I other side. I saw your tweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's gets back me, on the can Hangman me, page. That gets me going, man. That's like, <laughs> that's like that sort of thing is and I shouldn't be looking past Wembley right that's the whole problem <laughs> like, that we're looking past Wembley but like that's the kind of thing that once upon a time like AEW everything mattered mm. so like that kind of detail the, I'll give this to the elite mm-hmm. like these are never accidents well I have to hope that like because like we said again on the preview that they never resolved the, the Matt Jackson nod Hangman getting the win yeah. like there's still all of that and the book's going to be angry that he's back on the piss again yeah that's exactly like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. like I like yeah there's a lot of different like ways to sort of analyse that stuff Super um, exci- one kind of beer can be so exciting Kind of, kinda, was, yeah. I just, it's kind of for me. It's a bit sad. It's, I guess it's because it's too much of like a real world parallel to people that I know who have been through addiction problems. Yeah. That I immediately go like, you got you've got to be doing this right. I was so happy when Hangman threw the beer to the side, had the belt, and hugged yeah. Dark Order. I was like, that's a perfect moment in time. And I barely knew the guy at that mm-hmm. point in terms of how long I've been watching. But for them to sort of regress almost, and people do like it's it's a complete reality of he's of worrying about stuff. Kenny's problems all of a yeah, 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 again, and that's. Sent him I back think to, his, like, to one of his demons kind of thing. Like, yeah, yeah, totally. And, and, and they'll, I'm, I trust Hangman as an individual to do it well. Yeah. Um, but it's just one of those things where like in the moment we had that stupid Kenny attack. It was badly edited. It was badly done. Then you cut to Hangman who was outside the hospital and he's so not. He's <sighs> just backstage. Then you have that guy come in and go, oh, you can't drink the alcohol. And it's, yeah. it just was all a bit flat for the weight that that should have. Um, in every other respect, whether it's in an all-in context or a future context or Hangman's context of alcoholism or whatever. Yeah. All flat. So flat. Mm, Dead a, even, you might say. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, I like it's. I think the ultimately it didn't. Dynamite didn't arrest anybody's concerns about the all-in build, nor no. did it particularly. I don't think anyway. Um, uh, didn't change anybody's mind that like this unavoidable feeling that AEW is in a creative decline that it can't I tell fully you arrest. I, I don't know. Like maybe you don't feel like that, but I just think there's like enough people have said <clears> it now that like it is. <laughs> If you want to use objective measures, like sort of it's like year on year, like say ratings are mm. down and mm. buy rates are down for the most part and, mm. and whatnot. But equally, like it's that thing, isn't it? You can prove anything with numbers. Now, business, <laughs> like AW was about to eventually like negotiate a monumental television rights deal far and away outstripping what they're currently getting for Dynamite and right. like Collision. It is going to be, like it might not be a billion dollars, but it's going to be up there and that's going to secure the company's future for the next X number of mm-hmm. years. And like... It's on television every week. It's mm-hmm. there are loads of things that like sort of point out that AEW is this monster of objective success. Mm-hmm. Not least in the fact that it's broke into a market that WWE tried to say was it's and it's alone for nearly twenty years. Right. Huge success, yeah. runaway success. But it doesn't mean as viewers we need to like the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a monster of a thing. <laughs> but like people have grown tired of that. Yeah, right? it's so watered down. So like this this creative decline that AEW feels like it's in for those people that feel that I mm-hmm. guess mm-hmm. continues to not feel like it's being addressed. Collision, mm-hmm. however to a, a section of the audience has felt like a bit of a breath of fresh air in that regard. It's because it's more tightly booked. Like, I mean, I know that the thing leaked or, or was reported or whatever, that like Punk had that all hands-on meeting and he was yep. like, oh, I'm booking collision around a set of uh, wrestlers. Apparently you can Danielson tell. is there as well. Right, like, okay. So an, it's like, advisory role, you yeah. can really tell. Like, mm-hmm. you get the same people every week in the best way possible. And like, I mean, there was a bit of that where I was I was getting sick of the same uh, different combinations of like Bullet Club and, and CMFTR just yeah. in different permutations, but it was the same main event for like three weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea of booking a show around a set of people and um, that works in a storytelling capacity because there's a through line there there's a narrative there there's a mm. continuation there that dynamite doesn't have i never know what i'm getting on dynamite i have no idea unless i happen to follow twitter i don't even know what matches are going to be on because they mm. barely announce anything enough in advance maybe one or two but like in terms of a full card and that can work in my favor where like i'm an hour into the show I'm like, oh my god what else have we got and i'll probably know what the main event is but then there'll be a couple of other things that yeah. maybe you get announced on that day or something um but for whatever reason like you talk about the amount of data that's available and like khan being like obviously an expert like it has to be intentional. That's sort of what's going to be next thing is almost like wrestling's version of like a loot box or something in gaming where you just sort of invest at the beginning and then hope the thing you get out of it is worthwhile. And if it's not, you go again. It's yeah. sort of just like, well, I'll, I'll try, next week it'll be better. I'll just try again. I'll try again. Oh, I, that's and it's just the weirdest mentality to watch something with where you don't know what you're going to get and it either works out or it's flat. In Dynamite's case recently, it was flat. 
But sometimes some of the best dynamites are really unexpected. This specific collision feels like cruel and unusual punishment that we've got you on to preview because there's only two announced matches. <laughs> right. Um, Which is totally endemic of what I'm saying. Like, yeah, how do we absolutely. not know? That, and the, it's not necessarily the go-home show, but it's so close to that. Yeah. How do you not, how are you not nailing all this? How are a bunch of wrestlers don't have a load of issues? And yeah. like, on the night, they will discuss them. But right now, why don't we already know what? Yeah. All, yeah. Unless it's intentional. To that end, um, Willow Nightingale versus Diamante is a run-on from the tag match last week, obviously. Mm. It mm. is. Mm. We are seeing a... It's a soft brand split, this collision dynamite thing. There's always overlap with certain wrestlers, but like, and much of it is rooted in the compromise with Punk and the Elite and how Mm. so much of this exists to potentially keep like warring factions off to one side, whatever. There's a lot of this that is like less than ideal, Mm -hmm. but obviously for the wrestlers that can travel between, it's not so bad. Mm -hmm. But certainly Willow Nightingale and Diamante are, as it stands, like collision wrestlers predominantly. They've both been in the tag match last week. Willow Nightingale's been kicking around since it started. Mm -hmm. And on the kind of like, other side of this tag match from last week, this singles match feels like it's the thing that's nothing to do with Wembley because <laughs> if you had to take a punt right now at Statlander's title match, it would be Chris Statlander and Mercedes Martinez going again. Assumedly, yeah. A, pretty, a good ripper of a singles match the other week and that is not over. So like, you no. could potentially go there again. Mm-hmm. Like, first of all, like, who do you think will win this? And second of all, where, if anywhere, do you think this spins off for the TBS champion? This feels just so... I, I, it's funny, man. Like, the other week when Diamante, like, returned or, or did something, I, me and my wife didn't know who that was. So it was like a swerve turn, wasn't it? It was like, oh, Diamante is here. And oh, my like, God, she's turned heel. Yeah. yeah, but no, I mean, literally, she was running down the ramp. I was like, who's that? Yeah. Diamante has been so underused overall. Fair enough. That I just yeah. can't... I mean, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that name yeah. from, like, months ago. Like, yeah. okay, cool. Um, and she's, like, a solid enough wrestler and everything. But I don't know, like, for me, like, the stuff that they were teasing with Willow and Ruby, they sort of had, like, a whole back and forth with their friends and they break up and then they're sort of angry with each other and whatever. Mm. Then Ruby got lost in all the outcast stuff and Willow was like, well, I guess I'll just go do solo stuff. I thought they were going to do more with her sort of like... um like super cheery personality and can you actually just smile through everything and is yeah. there a bit more to that um, because like I mean not to bring in AW All Access but she talks about it a little bit on there where she's talking to Brit about like her smile and stuff and like um, you know wanting to make sure that she's always the, the beamy kind of person mm. there's interesting ground there but like obviously that's just not what that is and I know that that's so far away from just her versus Diamante yeah. but because there's nothing there I don't care like I mm. barely have any love for Diamante I really like Willow but she feels really underused um, so I, Willow's probably going to win because yeah. she's way bigger of a deal. It feels <laughs> like anyway. No, uh, I, I can't disagree with that <laughs> at all. Um, and again, I suppose with no title, direct title implications at least um, in that one, mm-hmm. there are some in the other announced match for this card. Um, here's somebody. So it's Darby Allen versus Christian Cage. Obviously, Christian Cage like is yeah. Christian Cage is um, holding the team. Cage is title. great. There's ostensibly authorities, but yeah. he's obviously like. A lifetime boy popper, mm-hmm. a total legend, and <laughs> never really misses Christian. Like, doesn't he, it's, it's, it's impossible for Christian to have a bad match. He doesn't mm. always have an electrifying one, but he never has a bad one. Mm. And obviously, his promo work remains like almost peerless. Like, he's just mm. one of the safest hands in all of wrestling. Well, he saw like he kind of like stepped into like the MGF slot when MGF was out for like that six month bit, yeah. and it was like, okay, now this guy's the super heel. He's the guy saying the horrible stuff. He's Christian, and he's coming for your dad, dad. Yeah, literally, yeah. it was like we're gonna go there. We're gonna say these horrible things, and it worked. Like he's he's really good at it. Yeah. So he's fighting Darby Allen, and what this Darby Allen for me, I've said this on a couple of other pods. He's the model mm. for what this all in all out problem, and it's a problem of their own making. Mm-hmm. So I'm hesitant to call it a problem. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's an accident, you know. No, but he's to me is the model of how this could have been different. Mm. He is currently engaged in this. He won the Royal Rampage that earned him a TNT title shot, mm-hmm. and he's like, you know what, I'm going to get that shot in Chicago all in mm-hmm. because my plate is kind of full at Wembley. There is a man that like feels A, like he has his priorities in order, and B, doesn't feel overwhelmed by the fact that happens to be two shows instead of one. <laughs> I, I love this. I love this. Yes. For Dar- and like Darby Allen is obviously an AW mainstay, so it's good that it's happened to him mm-hmm. because he's this guy that you can buy. He's more than happy to have his plate full. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. who else has his plate full? CM Punk. Yes. So it's, it's kind of star behavior to have your plate full, isn't mm-hmm. it? You want more things on your agenda rather than just being like a single issue wrestler. Yeah, and like, if, there's a, if there's a core issue to the whole thing, to AW, that messiness and whatever, it is the word reliability. It yeah. is that idea of whether it's reliable booking week to week or it's reliable um, you know, wrestlers every single week. I feel like I can rely on Darby Allen's booking yes. right now. So he's got this thing with Christian that feels a million miles away from what he's doing with Sting and Swerve and Aaron yeah, Fox. Yeah, totally. But they're both... They both matter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, so like in terms of the quality of this, obviously this is to build to, um, well, it's weird. It's to build to the Luchasaurus title match at All Out. <laughs> but Christian believes himself to be the TNT champion. Yeah. So this is kind of like, like tonight he's going to have to accept that he's not 
the champion, but I guess does he win? Does he believe that like, if Christian wins tonight, mm-hmm. does he believe, well, that's a successful title defense <laughs> because we know we're getting Darby Allen and Luchasaurus for the real belt? Yeah, I weeks. don't know what, like, I mean, that just makes me think of all the ways that things are written up on, like, Wikipedia and everything, where it's just, like, how do they even, like, list how that goes down? Because is this the this is the first title defense where Christian's done it, or am I well, forgetting He's one? the champion in his own mind, so this is oh, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, this is not a title match, but... But if you got, yeah, like, in Christian's guess, mind, maybe it is. Yeah, maybe but even in kayfabe, if he lost, Luchasaurus wouldn't lose. No, exactly. So, yeah, 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 so it's just, like, a weird thing. So um, to that end, do you think Darby Allen wins tonight? I, oh, sorry, on to some degree, you almost might as well, because mm-hmm. then, like, then Luchasaurus has more to sort of. Like, Christian will go off and send Luchasaurus in because we haven't really seen Luchasaurus unleashed yet. No. He's done a couple of choke slams, but very little. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Luchasaurus. I loved him a lot more when I first came in. He was one of my favorites. Um, I feel like he's like super underused. Obviously, he is literally underused at the minute. He's yeah. barely on any cards or anything other than just walking behind Cage. And so maybe that's the build. Maybe that's the thing is that you unleash this new version of him and he has all these new moves. Because I feel like I forget the dude's real name, but he's so capable of moon salts and flipping around yeah. and doing all this cool stuff and um, but he gets boxed in to some degree he's just being the big uh, hulking dude behind christian mm-hmm. maybe that's the the build in itself you sort of like christian loses and he goes right i'm sending my new super capable flippy saurus man at you and then he does a whole bunch of cool stuff but then like if luchasaurus loses the belt Christian, <laughs> christian's gonna feel like that's a personal attack on him for like, yeah how dare you lose our title you idiot dinosaur so yeah i don't yeah. know what like they've got other yeah that's on all the things on that then yes if i can dare to ask you to tiptoe slightly please do the side, <laughs> we are i'm gonna be previewing Smack- yeah, I'm, I'm addicted to pain mate carry on oh you know what? i'm sat with like what culture's biggest alt bridge yeah as well, so that's tremendous yeah so you, you did a tweet about them being edge being addicted to pain i was like have you seen the song called watch your words i haven't yet but you i have will to dive into that i will go looking for it after this podcast <laughs> but yeah Speaking of the man himself, yes. Edge wrestles. He's confirmed that tonight on SmackDown, which I'll preview with Phil later, mm-hmm. um, his match against Sheamus will be his last of his current contract. Mm-hmm. Um, what that means is two things. One, he could be working, and it's just a build tension. Like, Sheamus could destroy him tonight, and this mm-hmm. could be, but it was his last night, and then that builds a... He's, he's really signed a new contract, and he's just keeping it on the down low. But what it could mean, uh-huh. and a lot of people are speculating this, is that he is AW-bound. Like, big right. deal, right? Edge, a WWE, kind of a WWE lifer, really. Mm. You know, like, he worked WCW in the mid-90s as a jobber, but as a star... I thought he was, like, retirement age. Is he not a bit Oh, he old? is. He is, right? Right. But it's it's quite exciting. He would be considered, like, a star um, star signing. Right. Should AW get him, even if it's just for the short term. Mm-hmm. Could you see any... Um, and he would be able to... The other point I should make, by the way, is because he's seen out the dates on his contract, mm-hmm. there's no, like, no compete. Right, not okay. like a release. Mm-hmm. He could literally appear for AW, say, tomorrow. So that's immediately got people thinking, wow, what a Wembley moment that would be if, True. if Edge was to appear. Did he ever cross over in WWE with um, Moxley's old dude, Dean Thingy? I'm blanking on his oh, name. Did, oh, sorry, Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose. Did he interact did they, with Were they mates? Could he no. be one of the silhouettes that are going to back up BCC? They were, that's a great shout. Oh, no, they were... Um, I, Edge was retired for the, for the ah. bulk of the Shields run, unfortunately. He came back in 2020 after right. Moxley had started with AW. Um... But there's obviously been a lot of speculation where immediately there would be something with Christian. Mm. There would immediately be something with the Hardy Boys. It's it's kind of solid Ooh. good. I don't I, don't, I don't want any of that. Nobody wants anything with the Hardy nah. Boys. Reality <laughs> is what it is. And it's like you could see them at least being paired briefly together. Yeah. I think could, you, could you see um, Christian Cage and Sexton Hardcastle, <laughs> defense, Adam Copeland, who knows, um, beating your favorite dinosaur up? If he loses the title all out, or could you, is that, do you have an interest in Edge and AEW? Like, what? What's... I no, I don't at all. I got to oh. be completely honest. I hate the whole like, hey, it's the old thing again that like every media thing has, whether it's in film or remaking games. Even or... if he comes out to what would be the third Alterbridge theme of his career, I've seen Alterbridge live like seven times. I don't need the. I, I honestly did, none did of that. The other side when you saw them, <laughs> uh, no, they didn't do the other side. They um, last time I saw them would have been last year. It was the, the twenty nineteen album that was out or whatever. Anyway. I can't do, I can't do get excited for old thing. I hate it. I hate oh, that yeah. in every form at the minute. I'm sick of it. Like, okay. oh, just the whole, hey, it's that thing you liked 20 years ago. Yeah. We're, we're doing it again. I'm just yeah. like, have you, can you do a new thing? Can you do new stuff? Because, like, the idea of getting this dude who is, like, notably old, who I've seen tweets saying he's retired, he's talked about retirement or something, yeah. or he wants to do his final match and everything. Oh, now, we, now we've got him. It's like, we're kind of like, that makes AEW, like, this weird second best thing, where it's like, oh, the dude that's retired, he's done his run. Yeah. And now we just, he hobbles over here and we get him for a bit. I don't want that at all. Like, I just, you'll get the worst version of him right. like I'm nothing about that excites me at all you, would, you wouldn't pop at Wembley if he came I, I mean I'm going to be at Wembley I'd pop to like a little dog coming out or something but I, I'm not going to I'm not going to get excited about did that in 2019 you got too close to fireworks <laughs> we don't talk about that anymore it's just like yeah it's one of those things where like I'm sick of hey old thing I just hate that I hate that in all its forms I've ranted about it so much in gaming uh, in, on the gaming podcast and I know that I did you I, feel that way well you said punk yeah brought you 
into AEW. My wife refers to CM Punk as empty nostalgia. Like, because the... And I know you love punk, but like that... I love this. The way that, I love that me and your wife are now going to have a shoot fight because shoot, of what you, you might, said We'll come across each other in, in uh, London. And um, we'll be on the opening zero hour thing. But um, no, like, yeah, she's like... CM Punk to wrestling is the, the empty nostalgia that so many old... Like Hollywood keeps doing with like, we're doing another Exorcist sequel. We're doing it. We're bringing this old thing back. Hey, this thing from the 70s. Yeah. This actress is now in a, a pensioner, but we're going to make her a star in the new Exorcist. Yeah. Or whatever. She was saying or thinks that CM Punk is the empty nostalgia of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like, and she loves CM Punk, but yeah. it's still aware of like, is he actually delivering in the ring? Is he yeah. actually delivering in a way that CM Punk should do? And it's funny when you compare like when he first came back to the MJF run to where he is now. Yeah. Um, at least in terms of how it feels when he's in the ring. Like things like that. Just that idea of like, hey, old thing is good. Like, yeah, old thing is good, but it was good. It was of a time. What are you building now? Thank you for the segue. Bosh. Because I think old thing is amazing. And here, right, he, good. here he is himself. Me CM, too for the most part. CM Punk the man. I'm wearing um, an Atari shirt. In the 70s. I've got an Atari shirt on right now. Yeah, that's a good point. Old is good. I like that shirt. Or can be good. I like that shirt. Um, The punker is advertised for the show, but very much in that way that... um, like if he's on, you would advertise him because it sells tickets mm. or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. it's like uh, don't you don't miss the chance to see CM Punk in yes. person. So they're not giving you the collision as of our recording. They're not giving you the collision graphic. Mm. Like you know, what was the one you were really pissed off about on the Dynamite one? Um, was it uh, Adam Cole and MJF will talk about the main event? Of, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, would work. You get I mean, these it things. Works. Yeah, you get these like so and so in action. So I hate speaks, in action because it's always a squash, and I'm like, yeah. oh god. There's no Punk thing. Yeah, but on the preview for if you want to buy tickets in Kentucky I think it might be it's like Punk's there so the conclusion I think we can safely jump to is that he will have his answer for Samoa Joe Mm -hmm. to go back to um, the Darby Allen thing I think Punk is very uh, smartly handling his business in such a way at the moment Mm -hmm. where so Ricky Starks is suspended and is going to get a manager's license and he's going (laughs) to as he said last week he's going to bring the war to CM Punk's front door right so theoretically Punk has very smartly thought, hey, right, we're not working now, but I could have you involved at ringside as a guy that wants to yeah, get me, that's right? True. So there's one thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He is also, there's a very much a background thing at the moment where, like, there's this idea that, like, stuff with Bullet Club is not necessarily over and done with. So, like, him and Jay White feels like a match they didn't waste. Mm. Like, that's a pretty big singles match that they haven't had to yet, yeah. like, burn through. So mm-hmm. that's another thing on CM Punk's plate. In the meantime, mm-hmm. he's also carrying around that real-world title. Mm-hmm. That's a, a not insignificant plot point. Should somebody want to fight? Makes for no it. sense that MJF hasn't addressed that. Well, sure. I think he's doing it on purpose. Right. I think that's a character choice of MJF. It's going to have to be to kind of like pretend that he's just putting his head in the sand and it's all going to go away. <laughs> and Punk's going to get gradually the frustration will bubble under. Like mm. Max, you coward! You've not like I've had this week. Like, I must be making you feel so small. Right. And MJF right. kind of reveals why he didn't want to talk. about I think that's a thing. Yeah, that's kind of, but, one, of the, one of the best things they can do. And there is a unification that kind of lingers in the background. There's, of course, Punk and the Elite, mm. if that's ever going to be a thing. That lingers in the background. Mm-hmm. And then right right now, in the most foreground, is Samoa Joe, mm-hmm. which feels like it's going to be the Wembley match. Yeah. Do you think he... I know we've already talked about you've got, like, very sort of... I don't, I, yeah, I mean, I, I can only be honest. I thought the the last Samoa Joe... I keep calling him Samoa Joe because Dan Housen called him that once. <laughs> Samoa Joe and uh, CM Punk, I thought their match was boring AF. Right. So I'm just... I'm that guy. I only and thought, I really like Joe. No, I only thought it was good. Yeah. Like, and I certainly think the anticipation for a Wembley match would be bigger had they not already ran that. Mm-hmm, like Because mm-hmm. that had a load of... You know, not that you need to care about it. It had a bunch of legacy. Mm-hmm. To, oh, totally. To a historic yeah. Ring of Honor few the two had in the mid-2000s. Mm-hmm. So for like losers like me, the hype was out the ass. But the match was like was just fine. It was yeah. almost nice rather than great mm-hmm. and nice is good but it was just sort of okay that was uh, that was fun seeing them two come together yes, again. That yeah felt totally hot. like you must have noticed you know in like the trios match the second they faced off the crowd came like unglued oh dude so like, it's, like it's definitely a huge thing yeah but it's less so now because mm-hmm. they've done it i just think um, it's, it, it ties into the um the old thing is good thing because you have the montages you have the packages you're going back decades yeah you show how incredible it was and then you cut to the new version and they can't keep up anymore it's like it was the steve austin mcmahon thing which is one of the only things that i watched of wwe in the last yeah. few years um or it's rvd where it, it works incredibly well well and this is the thing right what i will say for punk and joe because i'm i'm with you fundamentally mm. it wouldn't necessarily I, I, i'm glad potentially he's working a singles match i will say that mm-hmm. i wanted punker in a singles but him and joe isn't wouldn't have been my first choice let's say for a cm punk match at wembley stadium mm-hmm. that would have been kenny omega when you solved two problems yes but um the 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 two men here that we're talking about it's one of the times when you're like you've got to remember it's case by case because if there are two men that I believe can talk me into thinking that this match is that, that end of the world feeling, that right. like, punk, you an idiot. Like, <laughs> the reason I choked you out last week is because you had the gall not to answer me. How mm. dare you not answer me, punk, after all the things I'm the king of through. television. I'm the king of television. Like, Samojo's got that, like, kind of talk you into the building thing that he does. 
Um, punk is punk. Mm. Like the challenge, if it is indeed the match, is for the two of them to make you feel yes, not think to make you feel like that this is Wembley worthy. Mm-hmm. It's just because it's so thrown together because we know everything else is so rushed. They're like, well, I guess we'll do that again. Yeah, I don't even know what we're going to do with punk. So I guess it's that two parter of a question. Mm-hmm. Do you think they can do it? Or do you think that this has all been a, a bit of a red herring and Punk is purposely ignoring him because there's something else he's <laughs> going to do? Is he going to like be the one willing to lift the suspension for Ricky Stark so they can have their rubber match? For I example, just, do you think it's Punk and Joe and do you think you can get hyped for it? I, I can definitely get hyped for it if they just do more. I want them facing off on the mic. Like they're both so good on the mic yeah. and they've not they've not faced off yet. Um, other than like, I guess, the, for the first time that they fought or whatever, like yeah. the month or whatever it was. So they've not gone like nose to nose and that super tense Just way. they've got yeah. to have another like wrinkle to it. Like I mentioned on the preview for Dynamite that I wanted a bit more from the MJF Cole one and then we got it. Like mm. they both described their childhoods and MJF tying it to, you know, he was a, Cole was his dream opponent when he was a kid and every, or when he was younger and everything. Mm. That's great. That's an extra wrinkle. I now buy that Cole might win because real life MJF would be fine giving him the belt because he always idolized him. Yeah. I can buy that. That makes that match way more important than it was before. Joe and Punk just feels like we're just doing that again because we've already just done it. And I'm hoping there's more more you can add from their legacy, from their own history that they can talk about mm-hmm. because like they have a history. They have all these different um, you know, altercations in the past and everything. I just want more to it. It's just, I guess at the minute, it feels like another bit of rushed booking. Um, and I, I love, like, I love Joe, but I feel like he's that king of television thing doesn't do anything for me at all. Okay. All right. Um, like, what even is that? Like, it's just, yeah. it's just a name. It's not like you're, I mean, you're because Johnny TV or whatever it is. Like, yeah. you're not. I just, I don't even know what the hell he's going for for that. Um, getting the TV belt or whatever. But yeah, I just want more to the stakes of it. Other than just, it needs to feel like it matters to both of them. Yeah. Um, and for, I don't know how you cement that unless you talk about their histories and stuff, but. Something else to it, but I think they're doable. I, I think you get them both on mic. Become be like Philly two belts because if he gets his, like he's got his X title, then he says, "I want your TV title yeah. as well." Or like they go belt for belt or something. That's, yeah, that's something, isn't it? He, um, Joe could get on the mic and say that this belt is more important than that one, or this one's more legitimate than that one, or yeah. something like that. Anything, and anything. anything that, like, oh, you really think that, dear? What if I was to put it on the line? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And then you've suddenly got. And, like, it, a, and if like if if you can want to metaphorically say that Punk's little fake belt is him being a fake champion, then yeah. you can put that on the line, and then all of a sudden Punk is fighting for his own validation in this space. Did it against. And I think that was effective. Yeah. Like Starks was like, if you tell people that that's valuable, mm-hmm. it can become valuable. Yeah, exactly. So here we go. Then, like, I haven't, I didn't say this ahead of time, so mm. I'm apologising for putting you on the spot. Do here. It. But as a, as a like a little capper for the collision preview, and indeed this podcast that has spiralled wonderfully out of control <laughs> in even more ways than I could. Have I might not for. be on for a while, so I've got to make the most of it. Absolutely, this we'll was see. great. This was brilliant. Uh, I'm going to give you. I'm going to be a, a genie here. Do I'm going to give you one wish. Okay, and it's to use anyone mm-hmm. in any match from this vast roster of people that currently aren't on All In, yep. so you can't include booked wrestlers. Okay. You were going. Mm-hmm. You were very excited. Yeah. But you want that one match, that mm-hmm. one extra match that makes you feel, that gives you that sense of, I'm going to the biggest show ever. It can be conclusive if it wants. It can be an existing rivalry or mm-hmm. one that you uh, giving them a collision, a dynamite, and a rampage to cook up, and they nail it. I can't have injured people. Um... No, I'm ah! going to take, take that one off you because we'd all go Danielson somebody. I would. Yeah. I would have gone Danielson Malachi okay. for the lols. But you see now, you, that would count because currently House of Black aren't on the card. It seems like it's looking in a direction. But, so yeah, you have all of these wrestlers at your disposal mm. and you've got whatever it is, six hours of television. <laughs> opening the floor up now. One last minute Scott Tailford Wembley dream match. Uh, if, it's, if I can't have people that are already booked, that annoyingly takes out Omega, Hangman, Mox... Yeah. Kingston, Orange, <laughs> they're all gone. Blame Tony Khan. I do blame Tony Khan, Anthony. I think that, <laughs> I think about um, the people who are like a certain level that I would want to see again. Yeah. I guess it's like I'd have to I'd rely on like Okada um, or mm. uh, Okada Malachi, something stupid like okay. that, where I don't know who's going to win. They're both super equipped. Mm-hmm. I know it makes no sense, and you didn't say there's no history at That's all. That's the point. There's not. That's what I'm chasing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just a level as a match of a certain stature where you would know you'd have no idea who's going to win, and any wrestling fan would then talk about it immediately. Go Going into it, I'm like, well, I think they're going to do this. I think they're going to do that. I definitely want to see House of Black do something. Mm-hmm. I'm a little, I'm not good, but I'm a little bit flat on the fact that they're just doing a claim, then assumedly a returning Billy Gunn, because I feel like Billy Gunn's retirement's been handled really weirdly anyway, mm-hmm. um, in terms of how it's been on TV and stuff. Um, but yeah, I love Malachi. If I'm thinking about the biggest people who are yet to be booked, yeah. I think that's Malachi. I like Sammy as well. He's not been booked yet. Okay. Um, but I'm trying to think of people who are like big enough that would immediately be like, I don't know if they're going to win or lose. And I feel like Malachi. I love so. I love House of Black so much. Yeah. I love Malachi being in the corner while his minions do everything. Yeah. And then he occasionally walks in and does a spin kick because he's, he's like the <laughs> ultimate emperor. He has the master plan at the end. Um, and I want to take that energy and put it up against something formidable. So, like, I, I was, like 
I said, I would have gone Danielson because he would have tried and picked him apart. And Malachi is quite technical yeah. when he really goes for it. Um, but yeah, Malachi Okada would be my one. Perfect. Because I've got that much to pick from. Everyone else has been booked. Well, that's, no, that's our last collision bullet point. You heard it first. Uh, they'll do a Tony Khan graphic drop of Malachi Black versus <laughs> Kazuchika Okada. And uh, you can send your thank yous to Scott Tailford when on Saturday night that drops. What if it's Malachi against Zack Sabre Jr.? I'm thinking people who do leg holds at this point. I'm just like, what if Zack Sabre, Zack Sabre Jr. is a very technical pretzel man? Well, here we go. You just booked two matches instead of one. Go. So you. <laughs> Throw the graphic up on Collision on Saturday. Yeah. Malachi Black versus, and then it's got the little half and half yep. of Okada and uh, ZSJ. And either New Japan <laughs> can have that, or we'll have it on Dynamite. I think underneath all of it, if I was Tony Khan and I've just I've bought the world's coolest action <laughs> figure set, why am I not mashing them together more? And I guess he kind of is for Wembley, but for the most part, he hardly ever does this. I think that's the problem. He's like mashing yeah. together with too many in his hands. Yeah. That's and the- they'll fall off, and he's just like, that was all part of the plan, guys. Oh, this is so much fun. Um, yes, thank you very much for sticking with us. I hope you spotted the collision preview, buried within this collision preview. If you've got any uh, thoughts that you have on this podcast, please let us know in the replies below. Uh, Scott, if they want to reach out to you directly, and you absolutely should, it's been a joy being able to chat AW long form with you this week. Where Same can with they you, get man. you on X? On EX, um, first of all, thank you very much for having me on, and thanks everybody for putting up with my voice for this <laughs> long. I'm over on EX at slash LP89, all one word. And because I can never remember the Twitter handle for it, where can they get you for gaming and all the awesome gaming? It's a good question. I, I think it's WCG. I have no idea. Just <laughs> just go on EX or slash Twitter and just search What Culture Gaming. You'll find it. I think it's WC gaming i think it's wc gaming i don't know i just i just hit the w and the autofill puts it in and i don't do the rest of it google it yeah i'd rather you subscribe to the what culture gaming podcast than just go on the twitter page indeed so yeah. go, do, go do that search for it on spotify or amazon music yes, please yeah um i'm at michael hamflet you can get all of us at what culture wwe um and until next time thank you very much for sticking with our wacky schedule all of this nonsense <laughs> to me and scott have been spouting and we will see you soon enjoy all in Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.